Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen. So, without the book of Genesis, the rest of the Bible will actually be incomprehensible. Uh, unless we have a beginning book, everything else just would be all marred, and you can just fill in the blanks like you want to. But because we do have the book of Genesis, it gives us a fundamental understanding of what the Bible is all about. It gives us an understanding of what God is all about. It gives us an understanding about science. It even talks about evil in the earth. So the book of Genesis gives true and reliable accounts about the origin or the beginning. So what did we do we learn from it? We learned the origin of the universe. We know how it was formed. We learned the, the origin of order and disorder. We learned the origin of the cosmos, the origin of life and man and marriage and evil and language. All of that we get from the book of Genesis. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, we notice that it was a world that became void and formless. It was a world now that had a lot of confusion on the earth. It was a world that had a lot of disorder and chaos on the earth, but God does not stop right there, and that's the part that I want to get to uh, today. So in Genesis 1-2 in the B clause, even though that there was chaos going on over the world, the Bible says, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. Now, this is incredible for me because as I begin to look at this a little bit closer, uh, what I see is, is a, a, an earth. We see an earth that is chaotic and dark and empty and, and hopeless and helpless. We see an earth that has no light, no light whatsoever, no activity going on. And even there was nothing, even though there was nothing going on, the Spirit of God was hovering. Mm-hmm. You, it's the, the light bulb is going to come on in the morning. In the morning, it's going to come on. I hope it come on right now. But see, let me, let me just repeat that one more time. See, there was nothing going on on this earth. It was dark. It was bleak. It was helpless, hopeless. It, 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 it was no activity going on, but the Spirit of God hovered. <laughs> See, that word hovered is the same word moved. So in other words, there, there doesn't have to be anything going on for the Spirit of God to hover over you. See, that's good news for me because I had nothing going on in my life. I was void and formless and an alcoholic, virtual alcoholic and, and a womanizer and going to the clubs and doing all that stuff. I had nothing going on. But the Spirit of God was hovering over my life. Nothing going on, but God says he was still watching over you. Because if you, you would not have wanted to know me back there. I'm telling you, you wouldn't want to, I was, I was, mm -mm. I was not a nice person. Well, I thank God for the Holy Spirit. So in other words, what I want you to see is God is always watching. He's always watching. Uh, 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 let me lighten things up because y'all look too serious today, so I'm going to tell you a joke, lighten things up. Y'all just look at me, y'all just so serious. Y'all like the Catholic Church, y'all just. <laughs> ain't lying, y'all lighten up a little bit, Lord have mercy, don't stone me. Praise God. It's just so spiritual today. Amen. Don't be spiritual. I don't want y'all to be spiritual. I just want y'all to listen up. Let's have some fun. Amen. So it was this criminal, this burglar. This burglar was getting ready to break into this house because what we're talking about is God is watching you. Amen. So he was about to break into this house. And as he put his foot through the window seal and, and he heard this voice says, hey, Jesus is watching you. 
So nothing happened, and uh, he was just, you know, kind of, he stayed there for a moment or two to see if something was going to happen. No lights clicked on or anything. And so he continued to, to walk through the window, and as he began to fumble around in the house, he heard this voice again. Hey, Jesus is watching you. So he, he waited and hesitated. Nothing happened. And, and then he proceeded to walk through the house to try to figure out some of the things that he could steal. And he heard it again. He said, hey, hello, Jesus is watching you. So he said, I, I got to find out where this voice is coming from. So he, he turned the light on. <laughs> and he saw this parrot in a cage. He looked at the parrot. The parrot said, hey, Jesus is watching you. And the man said, well, who are you? He says, I'm Moses. About this time, a big rock waller comes around the corner. He said, that's Jesus. Sick him, Jesus. Hey, Jesus is watching you. <laughs> Don't y'all might get a kick out of that. See, you know what that tells me? See, the bark of the preachers, you may not listen to, but the bite of Jesus turning his back on you because you're not his is the worst thing for you because Jesus is watching. And see, we may not want to hear a preacher barking and talking about we got to legislate our lifestyle and make sure that we live uh, just like the Bible says that we should live. We're barking. We're barking. We're trying to give you that warning because Jesus is watching because we don't want you to feel the bite of not knowing him when he comes back. Jesus is watching. See, there's a scripture that goes along with this. Let me give it to you. Are you ready? It's Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. The Bible says, I watch over my word to perform it. And so that's a great scripture for us because it's almost as if God was watching over the earth to see what would happen when he moved. So, so God is watching over his word. And so God saw that there was nothing going on over the earth. There was, it was chaos going on. It was depressing going on. It was, it was all kinds of darkness and, 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 and things going on on the earth. But God said, my spirit can move. And all God is looking for is an opportunity to move upon your life. Now, now, we have to yield to God because he's not going to just force himself on us. Hello. We have to yield to the spirit of the Lord. So there can't be a move of the spirit unless we yield to it. Now, I'm going somewhere with this, but I got to make sure I lay this strong foundation because this thing leads right into what we need to see about being filled and moved by the Spirit of God. Because when the Spirit moves, there is a shaking that goes on. 
there, there, is, there is an, an energy that takes place when God fills a person's body. You, you, might all, you might experience all kinds of things. I've seen people shake when they felt the presence of God. I've seen people fall out in the floor. I've seen people just weep because they've been touched by the presence of the Lord. And so there's no one way to be touched by the presence of God. There is no one place to be touched by the presence of God. You can be touched by God driving in traffic. You can be touched by God in the church. You can be touched by God at your kitchen sink. You can be touched by God in your private prayer place when nobody else is around and the telephone is off and you don't hear anything else that's going on but God's voice. You can be touched by God from something a family member can say to you. You can be touched by God from something a child can say to you. You can be touched by God by a preacher on television or somebody on the internet. God can touch you in a multiplicity of ways. But the question is, are you open to what God is saying? And then when you hear it, are you going to obey what he said? Because a lot of people say, I want to hear God. I want to hear God. Oh, God, please talk to me. And then when he says something, oh, God, please shut up. I'm not doing that. I want to hear you, but I want to hear you on my terms. See, that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem. When God don't move fast enough, it's because we don't have God in a box, and you can't put him in a box. The problem usually is, I want God on my terms. No, I want you to speak, but I need you to speak like this, nothing more. I want to hear about your blessings. That's my part, because I sent that $100 to that prophet. So I got to get that blessing. I, he said, that prophet said, he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing, right? And you send that $100, but where's your blessing? I don't know. I know the prophet got blessed. I know his window is open. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Not that people like that are not blessed and they're telling you what the Lord is saying. You just got to be careful. So anybody can look spiritual for 30 minutes on TV. Hello, I'm not knocking any prophets because y'all might like TV prophets. That's all right if y'all like them. I'm okay with that. That's fine. And I'm not, I'm not saying that they're saying anything wrong. You just need to check behind them, though. You just need to know the word for yourself. Amen? And so, so what I want to get to here is, is the Spirit of God is power. The Spirit of God is not something to be played with. It is an anointing that takes place that breaks every yoke. Right? And so it's power in the Holy Spirit. This is what was hovering over chaos. And this, what, this is what hovers over us today. See, if it happened in the beginning, it's happening right now. So in other words, you don't have to have anything going on in your life for God to move on your life. Oh, that wasn't exciting, was it? Praise God. That'll help me because I ain't have nothing going on. See, you might have your business that's nice and successful and the family's all blessed and you're living where you want to live and all the bills are paid. See, you, you might be that kind. I'm not that kind. Not that I'm not like that at all. So I had a lot of, um, what's a good word, hell going on in my life, right, when the Spirit of the Lord moved upon me. I had nothing to offer him but me. That's it. I don't know if anybody else was there, but I didn't have anything to offer God but me, and that was, that was not very good. But his spirit protected me. How many people in this room right now can go back and don't stay there long, but go back into your past? I don't want you to stay there long because you get depressed. And do you remember... Um, 
something that happened in your life, and you know it was God that protected you. You know, you know you should have been in the grave. You, uh-uh. You, there was no way that you should have come out, right? I mean, that God, God, that, that, that joke that I told you really wasn't a joke. That was actually my life. Because, see, that's what I kept hearing. Different things in my life would happen when I know that I should have died in that car accident. I was drunk. There was no cops around. I didn't hit anybody. Jesus was watching me. He was watching over me. I didn't even realize it. Did you realize that? I didn't realize it. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't, boo. I didn't realize it. But th- then something else happened. And I knew, I knew it was Jesus watching over me, right? But I still wouldn't turn my life around. How many, how many of you guys have been there with me? But, but, but even in the midst of all of that, you would say, you might have not been verbally, but you might have thought it and said, you know, I need to get my life right. Right? You know, you don't say that out loud, right? You, you internalize that part because you might be around some of those, those hellacious friends of yours, right? And so, so I wouldn't, I'm man, I might need to change my life. But I wouldn't say that out loud. But I was thinking, maybe I need, I, maybe, you know? But, you know, my, my problem was, it was, it was, you know, the stuff that was going on in church. I, I, didn't, I didn't like what was going on in church. People were, were shouting, lifting their hands and stuff. I'm like, what is going on in here in this place? Because, see, my, my mama would drag me till I got grown to the, to the Holy Ghost Field Church. How many of y'all know about them Holy Ghost Field Churches? You might see some stuff. I wasn't prepared to see that kind of stuff. You see people rolling around in the floor, and man, them old church mothers. How many of y'all know about them old church mothers? Man, I'm going to tell you something about them old church mothers. Boy, you talking about some power? But them old church mothers, you can walk by them, and they read your mail like for the past 10 years. Man, they start, son, you did this, 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 and this. Last night you was here, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm saying to you, you wasn't in the club with me, mama. You know, but God was watching over me. Hello, somebody. That's good news that God is still watching over us even when we continue to be foolish. Even when we continue to make mistakes. Even when we don't pray like he asked us to. When we don't worship like he asked us to. When we don't forgive like he asked us to. When we got bitter, when we should have got better. God is still watching over you. See, that's good news for me because you don't have to be perfect. See, his love is what's perfect. God wants obedience. You don't have to be perfect with God. He's still watching over you. Are you hearing this with me here? See, and there's power in the Holy Spirit. There's another verse over there in Luke chapter 24. It says that he told the disciples, he said, tarry here until you have been endued with power from on high. Somebody shout power. No, you don't have it yet. You don't have it yet. You don't have it yet. I'm going to tell you again in a little bit, and I want y'all to shout it like you got some power. So he said, stay here. Stay right here in Jerusalem. I want you to tarry here. I want you to wait for something. I got something that I'm going to give you. You're not just going to be saved. You're going to be filled. You just can't walk as a Christian. You got to talk as a Christian. You got to do things like I did them because I gave you the true example of what a man of God looks like. Somebody shout power. He said, stay here until you have been endued. That's the word endued come from endued all, which means to sink into. So in other words, God wants you to sink into his presence. Glory to God. So when you do that, you go around people and people can sense God on your life. 
You go around family members and they go, hey, they stop cussing. what I'm talking about, right? You go on your job. You go on your job. It probably happens right now because it's, it's the spirit that's on you. People straighten up. They're going to do one or two things. They're going to straighten up or cuss you out. I'm good with either or. They can cuss me. I'm still going to be John, right? Because what they're doing is they're not cussing you. It's what's in you. See, see what's on your life is diametrically opposed to what's on their life because the spirit that is holy is always against that which is unholy. And you might not know why you're mistreated. It's not because you're black or white. It's because of what's on your life. And the enemy can't stand when you're full of his power. Somebody say power. Power. See, in the book of Acts, it says, behold, Receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. See, the word power is an amazing word. It comes from the Greek word dunamis. Somebody said dunamis. Isn't that a good word? Dunamis. Dunamis comes from the English. You get the English word dynamite. <laughs> dynamite is explosive, isn't it? So in other words, if we are filled with explosive power, why we look so sheepish? People from, the, from, from Islam, they come around and you just, well, they, they, they're not ashamed of what they, what they believe. So why are we? See, I call it the silence of the lamb. How many of you guys remember? <laughs> I call it the silence of the lamb. Because, see, see, we, don't, we, don't, we want to get silent when other folks from other religions come around, especially atheists, because we get silent as a lamb. Mm-hmm. No, we're supposed to be vocal about who we believe and what we believe. Amen? That means you got some power in you. Hello, somebody. Somebody say power. power. See, see, you're supposed to have some power inside of you. He said, behold, I give you power. So what your finances are uh, tripping right now? You still have power. So what your body is attacked right now? You still have power. So what the people are tripping all around you and even some family members, you still have power. See, you got to see the word for what it is. God has filled you with his power. Somebody say power. Power. See, if you don't understand that you're filled with his power, then then you will allow the world to dictate to you who you are. And if you don't allow the world, it will be people who are close to you. That's why Apostle Paul says that bad company corrupts good morals. Because it's the people that you're around. You gotta, as a Christian, you gotta watch who you are around. You gotta watch who you're in business with. You gotta watch who's in your car. You gotta watch who comes over to your house. Because they might be dropping some little spirits in your house. You have people come over to your house and you find out every time they leave, you and your husband always bickering and fussing and fighting. Well, you something going on in your house. They dropping something in your house. You got to get it out. My wife and I was having. Uh, small group in, in Atlanta, and uh, we, I, I was, we, every time after small group, we would be fussing. I mean, we just have an anointed time. Praise God. We had the largest small group in the Atlanta area for, for Pastor Jensen Franklin's church. We have, people just kept coming in our house. I don't even know who it was following for. We had sometimes 25, 30 folks in our house, in our, in our, in our 40, 40 people. I don't even remember what we put all them folks. They was ki- sitting on the kitchen sink. That was everywhere. Now, this was God's doing. It wasn't ours because I ain't no squad. It was God that did all of this. 
And but every time people would leave, and we have a good time, man. People get saved, people get healed, and then we we rah, 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 rah. y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You got to be married to understand what I'm talking about. You know, single folks, that this ain't for you. Y'all shouldn't be waking up together in the first place. I just call it like I see it. I ain't ashamed. So so any anywho, we just find ourselves just you know. <laughs> You know how we can do it sometimes. And so, so I called her dad, which was my mentor, and I said, you know, I'm, I, want, I want elder. See, but before dad died, dad would ask me, who do I want to talk to? So do you want, you want elder Jordan or do you want John Jordan? And I said, dad, I need elder Jordan today. So he knew to talk to me in a spiritual way and what I was dealing with. I said, daddy, every time, you know, we would have Bible study or, or small group and people leave, men and ladies are always bickering with one another. He said, son, he said, there's a demon in your house. He said, I'm going to teach you how to anoint your house. Now, if I've ever, if anybody's ever had us to come over to your house to anoint your house, that's where I learned that from was, was from her dad, who was like my dad, my father, before he passed. And, and we noticed every time after Bible study, we would anoint our home like that, and it was just like peace. See, you got to be careful who you're hanging around. And you have to be careful who your children hang around, too. Right? Because, see, those kids can bring something home, too. See, that's why you got to know right from wrong in your house. See, if your kids don't know right from wrong in the house, then they don't know how to respect authority outside the house. Hey, that's some of the problem we got right now. Don't know how to respect authority in the house. If your child is cussing you out, then they're going to cuss out the cops. Now, you know what's coming after that. Bang, bang. Right? So, so that, that's where they learn that, right? It's at home. Right and wrong. Hello, somebody. So you need to learn that. So you got to be protective of where your children are, who they hang around. Ask questions. Who is that? Where do they live? What's the mama name? What's the daddy name? Who your folks is, right? That's how my mama used to say. Who your folks is? <laughs> I know that's not. I know that's not grammatically correct, but you know, again, I'm from Alabama, so you just you just threw it out there. So so listen, but but is this making sense at all? Right? So you got to watch the people that you're around because of what's on your life. Jesus is watching. There was a scripture about this that I saw in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Can I read it to you real quick? It's, it's something that I want you to see here because a lot of times Christians are trying to figure out, well, why um, seems like their life is in a free fall. Seems like uh, I don't know what's going on. Anybody there right now? It's just like things are going on. I don't quite understand it. It's kind of confusing right now. I just, I just can't put my hands around it. That's probably most of you, but you didn't raise your hands. I know it. But that's all right. I'm going to read the scripture anyway. It's Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11 and 12. Verse 11 and 12. It says this, God, he was speaking to Moses, and he said, as an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young. The same word where the spirit of God hovered over the earth. Is it up here? Okay, you got it. Well, it's a different translation than mine. It says, hovers over its young, spreading its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. So the Lord alone led him, speaking of Moses, and there was no foreign God with him. Now, I said a lot there, and this was actually a, a song that was written in the book. It's, uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, it's actually a song that God wrote, and he gave it to Moses, Moses shortly before his death. But what I want you to see here is you can learn a lot from nature. Notice this is an eagle. And, and I believe we can learn a lot through nature because God is the God of nature. So here is this, this mother eagle. She's had some uh, eaglets, 
them eaglets. The eaglets will grow in the eagle's nest, and the mother and the father will, will provide everything for the eaglet up until the 12th week. So listen now, everything is provided, it's comfortable. You don't have to do a thing. All you have to do is open your mouth and you will be fed for 12 weeks. When the 12th week hits, the daddy eagle and the mama eagle knows instinctively something has to change. So what they do is they take their talons, their talons, and they begin to rip up all of the soft stuff that they put into the nest. So where everything in the nest is prickly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so they rip up everything that's comfortable. <laughs> Praise God. So then the mama eagle will flap her wings, causing a disturbance. In other words, what she's trying to do is to get the baby eaglets to jump out. If they don't jump out, she will grab them with her beak. Boom. Kick those little eaglets out of the nest. Then what she would do, she would watch them. And she sees them flopping and rolling around and free falling, don't know what to do. And then she will go down, scoop right under them, bring them back up to the nest, and throw them out again. Now, 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 on the outside, looking in, you would say, what an evil thing to do. Why will a mother do something so evil to her child? Is, is she mean? Is she nasty? What is going on with this mother eagle? Is she an alcoholic? Is she on drugs? What's going on with this mother eagle? Because you, you ask yourself these things because sometimes what you see with the natural eye just does not make sense, saints of God. And see, what was happening here, this mother eagle knew that if she did not kick those eaglets out of the nest at that time, they would not be able to fly. And it is not in the nature of an eagle to sit in a nest. As it is with eagles, so it is with God. God sees, okay, it's time. It's the right time. It's the set time. If I don't get you out of this nest right now, you're going to get too comfortable where you are. You're going to get too comfortable on that job. You're going to get too comfortable in that relationship. You're going to get too comfortable where you are right now. So I got to create some disturbance. See, I got to make it to where it gets a little prickly for you. And you can't stay in that spot anymore because I want to make sure that you understand you're not supposed to rest. You're supposed to fly. And sometimes Christians are fighting. Oh, I want to stay in the nest. Yeah, that's a long way. And we get comfortable where we are. Come on, come on. The disciples did it. When Jesus came walking on the water, the Bible says as if to pass them by. Because I truly believe if they had not spotted him, he was just going to keep on walking. He saw them over there struggling. He saw them toiling. But, but Peter looked and said, yeah, hmm. That looked like, wait a minute, I ain't never seen a man walk on water. That looks like Jesus. 
And they said, yeah, that, that, yeah, mm -hmm, that looked that, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Peter said, out of all the 12, Peter says, Lord, listen to the words, if it's you. See, right there, saints of God, it just, ooh, that just, I love that word, if. Because it wasn't like Peter knew for sure. See, everything in God, you're not going to know for sure. See, you, you want specifics, God. I want number one, two, three, four, five. I want to know the color. I want to know the height. I want to know everything. And God says, I'm not telling you any of that. And a lot of times when you have all those specifics and what you get ain't what God wanted you to have. So, so, so Peter says, Lord, if it's you bid me to come, Jesus said, come. On one word, Peter stepped out of the boat. Peter, like the eaglet, had to get in an environment that was different where he was. And sometimes when you step off of the boat of comfortability, you are in an environment that is different from where you came from. You don't understand this environment. Peter didn't understand how to walk on water. He had never done it before. The eaglets didn't understand how to fly. They had none had never done it before. But Peter walked. Only two men that I know of walked on water. That was Jesus and Peter. For the Bible said, and Peter walked on water. <laughs> he walked on water. So I'm sure it was hard for Jesus to get a bath. <laughs> Especially Moses, because every time he probably got in the tub, it parted. But see, that's why I had to loosen y'all up a little bit. Y'all getting a little too serious for me. Y'all looking at me like, <laughs> all right, lighten up a little bit. Let me see some teethis. Teethis. Y'all know what teeth teeth. All right, come on. I like seeing it. So, so listen, saints of God, what I want to get through to you today is you don't have to know all of what God is doing. Just obey when he says come. And some of you, he has to get you away from where you are so that he can help you fly. That's why it's disturbing. He's disturbing you right now. He's, he's, he's bringing a little chaos in your life right now. A little shaking. Come on now. Who's there with me right now? Just things just, just things just looking a little hellacious right now. Things just, man, it used to be real smooth over here, but now it's getting a little rough over here. I don't know what's going on, God. Am I disobeying you? No, you're not disobeying God. Actually, you're obeying him. And because you're obeying him, God says it's time for you to fly. Isn't it a shame? If we spend our time in the nest and we're watching all the other eaglets flying. See, that's what happened in the church. See, you got too many church people in the church while they're up there bickering and talking about all the people who are flying. They're still holding on to the nest. And it's hard in the nest. It's prickly in the nest. But God says, once you jump out, I got you, boo. No, God, I ain't jumping out. I don't, I don't, I don't, that don't look good. That's too far to fall, God. I might fall. I might fall, God. I might fail God I might not be successful if I get from this comfortable spot God I don't understand you might catch me you might not see 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 this is what we do we talk ourselves out of getting what God wants for us the God is saying I want you to come out here come on come and you say I, 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 I don't know Lord uh, I kind of like where I am right now it's kind of you know it's a little prickly but I, I think I can handle it how many of you ready to fly right now? 
See, 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 the problem a lot of times, saints of God, the reason it's chaotic and confusing where you are right now is because God is trying to get you out of the nest. I came to challenge somebody in this room this morning to say that God is ready to kick you out of the nest because it's time for you to fly. See, you've been holding on too long and it's been comfortable. <laughs> you know, you, you've had your little comfortable thing in God. You know, it's just me and God. I got my little stuff right here. It's me, you know, and I'm comfortable. God said, no, nah, I'm not interested in you being comfortable. See, you would never soar like the eagles if you want to live in comfort. Got a choice to make today. Would you rather stay in the nest and watch everybody else fly by in ministry, on their businesses, and on their jobs, and getting blessed? Not that you won't be blessed in the nest. It's just that you will be limited. (laughs) You'll be limited. You'll be blessed, but you're still trapped. Because, mm-hmm. see, in that nest, it's an entrapment. And that little eaglet can't really fly up over the wall. That's why they have to make them fall under. And so while you there is a wall, you entrapped in your own confusion, your own deception, your own pride. See, that's that wall, your own arrogance. That's your wall. Do you know in the book of Proverbs it says that a man that cannot rule his own spirit is like a city without walls? You know what that means? See, if you were a city back then and you didn't have any walls, that means you had no protection. Right. You were weak. You were vulnerable. A man that cannot rule his own spirit is like a city without walls. You're vulnerable. I, 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 did, a, I did a sermon called Spiritual AIDS. Because people with AIDS, they, they can't fight off little diseases like we can because they have no immunity. So normally they die of a common cold or pneumonia or something like that. That means that people with AIDS, they have no immunity. That means they can't fight off anything. I call that that sermon spiritual AIDS is because some Christians act like they got spiritual AIDS because everything that comes around them, they catch it. There's no immunity to it. When, when, when people start cussing, then they start cussing. People start to say, hey, let's go drink, and they start drinking. There's no immunity. There's no immunity. It's the people that are around them, they're always pulling them in, and they got spiritual AIDS because they don't have any protection. See, the Holy Spirit should be that wall for you that should convince you, hey, uh, you did have fun like that, but do you realize you were dying and going to hell? Because what the enemy wants you to see is all the fun up front. See, he, he shows you how, how awesome it would be for the affair, but he don't show you the divorce. He show you the candlelight dinner, <laughs> but he don't show you that courtroom. He shows you, ooh, he is so fine, and ooh, she is so fine, but he don't show you the AIDS or the sexually transmitted disease. I'm just telling you the truth here. He don't show you that part. He show you the fun part. Oh, I'm having so much fun until you wake up one day and you got something you can't get rid of. You know how many people that has happened to? Many folks, right? So that God wants us to be protected. He wants us to be immune, and we can only be immune when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense at all for you, saints? I had so much more, but I'm stopping right there. Come on and stand to your feet. Let's pray. Mm-hmm. 
We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.